it's like, no matter what you do, you're never going to make everyone happy. And so we tend to neurologically focus on all the reasons or all the ways that we're making people angry, Mm -hmm. upset, judgmental, rather than all the things that we're doing right. right. So society is a huge and social media, of course, in that same branch has a major effect on perfectionism. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with Moms Without Capes? Women who are learning that it's safe to take off the superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is, and we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out, and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms Without Capes when you're in Facebook or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. We have here today on the Moms Without Capes podcast, Nicole baker Holloman. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. This is just a delight. Nicole is a coach who helps high achievers ditch perfectionism, cut out hustle culture, and start achieving their goals with fun, fulfillment, and a whole lot of free time. Having grown up in a family immersed in the personal development world, she has been attending seminars and absorbing personal growth tools her whole life. And she has since helped hundreds of perfectionists accomplish goals, ranging from scaling to six figures, cutting their work time in half, and starting new healthy habits. She's the CEO of Life Coach Baker and the host of the top 2.5% globally ranked podcast, Imperfect Success. Today on the podcast, Nicole will be sharing about the different types of perfectionism and how to break the patterns. So before we dive into all of that, give us a little bit of an update of how you, you know, how you got to be where you are today, a little bit more into your journey. Sure thing. I... I have a very weird unicorn upbringing is what I like to call it. And so both my parents, like my bio uh, uh, alludes to both my parents worked for some of the top people in the personal development world. Tony Robbins was mainly one of them. I grew up going to his seminars and walking on fire, doing the polls, all that kind of stuff. And I fell in love with that look of I'm not enough. And then realizing I am enough. And that, that just like whole body moment of, oh my God, I am capable of anything. And I totally just fell in love with that look. I always had this little voice in the back of my head that said, coaching is for you. This world is for you. Making people feel like that is for you. However, when I started being, um, you know, I was in like early elementary school around that age, you know, no one is enjoys those ages, but I started being pretty severely bullied to the point where I was stuffed into bathrooms. I was called names. I was hit in ways that I never would want another person to experience in their entire life. And one day something just snapped in me where it was like, if I am not what everyone else needs me to be, then I get hurt. Mm -hmm. And this severe, like people pleaser perfectionist came out of me and 
I was a very different person. I was small. I was energetically small. I was quiet. And trust me, growing up, I was not a quiet kid. I was loud and boisterous and, and very excited to be alive. And yet this very specific instance made me just shut down in a way that for about 10 plus years, I didn't really feel like myself. I didn't really feel like I was leaning into that power that I normally can have. And it wasn't until I found theater, specifically musical theater, where I really started to shine that light again. And it was ironic because it was me playing a character. It wasn't me being Nicole. I could still be small and quiet as Nicole, but Nicole as a character could be weird and loud and crazy. And I always still had that little high achiever in me, you know, growing up in the personal development world, especially of the eighties and nineties, it was very high achiever or die. (laughs) Like it was very, very goal oriented. And that was always still within me. And so I said, okay, I love this theater world. I want to be the best at it. I want to go to the best school. I want to be on Broadway. I want to do all these things. And so I go to the school, which is one of the best in the nation. And my perfectionism just hit an absolute breaking point to the point where I was like paralyzed with anxiety. I was afraid to show up and crack or even just sing a wrong note or a wrong word. So I wouldn't practice that overwhelm made me procrastinate like crazy. And, you know, because I was so anxious all the time, I was drinking to blackout every single weekend. It was probably not helping the fact that I was also getting sick every other week. And finally my teacher sat me down and he was basically like, you are going to lose your degree. Like you are going to have to leave the school unless you perform a miracle, basically. He said it much nicer. He's a doll of a human being. (laughs) But that Um, was the general gist of it. (laughs) But that was the general gist of it. And so I called my dad and I was like, look, I have known this personal development mumbo jumbo my entire life, but I need to start implementing it or else my dream is gone. Mm -hmm. And wonderful, sweet man that he is did exactly that. He coached me pretty nonstop for about a year and a half. And long story short, not only did I end up graduating, but I ended up realizing, oh my God, how we talk to ourselves between our ears affects everything and how we show up in the world. And so a few years later, I was like, screw it. It's time. I'm ripping the bandaid off. I loved Broadway. I loved the, um, the dream that I had in that, but I was so at peace with saying goodbye to it and moving into coaching and I haven't looked back and it's been five years. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Did you, um, did you move to New York or did you. I moved to Chicago. So I, I visited New York and I saw it for the big apple, the just heavy, heavy theater scene that it was. But when I was there, I noticed my mental health and my anxiety were just in really, really bad places. And so I was like, well, let me try out Chicago. And it was a lot more Mm -hmm. like suburb Chicago. You were able to be in more like neighborhood pockets than you were in the, the downtown New York. And I just fell in love with it. And I was like, okay, I can do this here. And I was really fortunate to get some pretty big, you know, roles and stuff like that in Chicago before switching over. But, um, the actor world is no easy feat. I, my heart goes out to any actors or any previous actors. It is, it is a wild ride for sure. I was going to add like you, you're not even nowadays like doing like small theaters or anything like you kind of just want I seem like it was such an integral part of your life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I, I thought about it and just like, oh, would it make sense to like audition for here and there? And every time I think about it, everything in me just kind of, oh, okay. like, so 
-hmm. how I look at it is almost like now that I'm, I'm coaching, I'm teaching, I'm standing up, I'm doing masterclasses. You're getting that performance. Exactly. But it's, I I get to be Nicole doing, I mean, I have two podcasts. I get to be Nicole in both of those. And that's just, it's so, it's in such a different way. And yet I'm using a lot of those same tools Mm-hmm. Um, that I used when I was in musical theater, just I'm using them and just solely being Nicole, which is, yeah. I, I actually never have said that out loud. And that, that really just dawned on me that I'm able to do that. Thank you for <laughs> realize that this Thursday. I appreciate that. <laughs> so let's dive into the perfectionism because you said that was a big part of, you know, where you felt stuck, where you realized like that the perfectionism was. What, like, let's cover, like, let's just go real basic. Like what is perfectionism? Because a lot of women don't even realize that they are, that's part of the struggle. So what is it? And what are some signs that we might be struggling with it? I want to, I want to start off with the common misconception. And that is everyone thinks perfectionism is I'm everything has to be perfect. everything has to be perfect. My house is immaculate. When the, you know, the neighbors come over for wine night, that the house has to be spotless. Like no one's ever lived here in their entire life. Uh, the kids have to be quiet at Thanksgiving, you know, stuff like that, where it's very, everything has to be perceived as perfect. That is a branch of perfectionism. Don't get me wrong. However, perfectionism actually lies in our demand of a certain energetic level from ourselves. So whether that's 135% at work, being the best mom in the entire group, if it's um, trying to be a good, you know, I see a lot of um, working, especially working moms, which God, my heart, you guys are the absolute superheroes of this world. Like I full stop. But I see a lot of people try to be the best at their job and the best mom and beat themselves up for falling anywhere near short. So to go back to this analogy, if I'm trying to demand 135% of myself, but I get 134, I beat myself up. I could have pushed harder. I could have done more. I could have, would have, should have. And when I think about perfectionism, it's, I didn't meet my own expectations, which were astronomical to begin with. So that's really how I view perfectionism. Now there's a ton of different branches of that. And we'll go into three of the main ones here today. But when I want people to think about like, am I a perfectionist? If something doesn't go the way you wanted it to, you, um, I, you know, I see this as a lot, especially coming into the holiday season. Um, maybe they're hosting Thanksgiving and they had this like perfect vision of how the dinner was going to go. You know, the turkey was going to look crispy and juicy and perfect. You know, the pies were going to be like latticed with, you know, leaves on them or whatever. And life got in the way. You weren't able to make that happen. Or, you know, one of your kids flipped the pie over. I've seen that before. And you have an absolute breakdown of, oh my God, I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. That's perfectionism. When we attach our worthiness to being at a certain level, that's when we know perfectionism has reared its ugly head. Yeah. Yeah. So it manifests in ways that we may not even realize it's coming Precisely. out. Yeah. Yeah. When those yeah. expectations don't meet reality. <laughs> which bingo more often than not they don't like if it's sending us yeah complete, like well, we're, we're questioning our worth well especially when those expectations are out of this world unrealistic you know and, unrealistic and I, I do with. like to say one of the one of the things that I get a lot from people is like oh well so I just lower my expectations 
perfectionists would rather eat their arm off than lower their expectations. No, it's not about lowering your expectations. It's instead about realizing that if I don't meet that 135%, I'm still worthy no matter what. I'm still enough no matter what. If I don't achieve my goal, I'm still enough no matter what. That's where it comes to. It's all about that self-talk and realizing that no matter what, in my current state of being, I am a worthy human. Mm -hmm. Not when I achieve this, not when I make the perfect lattice pie, you know, it's right now. And that takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of reconstructing of our neural pathways, which is what I normally do in my coaching. And it's not easy work. It's not also overnight. And I think that's a really common misconception in the personal development world. You know, I kind of joke around like having grown up in personal development, it was always very black and white, especially in the eighties and nineties, you know, it was Mm -hmm. very black and white. You hustle or you're lazy. You, uh, which I could go on a Ted talk about that one, but I'll hold (laughs) off on that for a moment. But what I really like to do in my area of this world is I like to find the gray area of personal development. I don't like to lean into the black and white. I really like the gray because that's where we find joy in the present moment and being excited to achieve the goals we want in our life because they're not mutually exclusive. I'm going to hold off on my little tangent because I can myself <laughs> stepping on a soapbox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That all or nothing thinking can absolutely throw us for a whirlwind if we're not careful. Oh yeah. It is a perfectionist (laughs) default. Is that all or nothing thinking all the time? And I'm so not immune. Like I, you know, I'm very open on my perfectionism podcast Imperfect success. Mm -hmm. I'm very open about being very much a recovering perfectionist. I do not have perfectionism perfectly. Like that's, it's not how that works. It's always going to show up in different ways. It's just learning about how to manage it And Mm -hmm. I actually even have a section on the end of my podcast every single week. That's how was I a perfectionist this week? Not how was I imperfect? Because that's the goal is to be imperfect. How was I a perfectionist? How how did perfectionism show up this week for me? And that's always really fun because I get to say, look, here's how I'm still a recovering perfectionist. So you saying that, oh my gosh, I'm not the personal development student of the century. It's not helpful because I've been studying this for five years and I'm still not perfect. Yeah. The work (laughs) work in progress. I I have to do that same thing because I'm like, I am a recovering super mom. Like I am still, it still rears its head and it's still like, there's times where, you know, there's self-doubts common. I'm in a period or a season of like complete overwhelm. And I'm just like crying, like, who am I to be helping moms with overwhelm and all And I'm like, you know, we're human. We're human and those tendencies are going to continue like to show their head. And it's just a matter of recognizing, being aware, and then moving forward. Forgiveness, that self-compassion piece. Well, I, like, see that, okay. I, see, I see that so often in, in service-based entrepreneurs, you know, mm-hmm. especially, especially women, when we are not the perfect mentor, for lack of a better <laughs> term. Like, you know, if I, w- if I was the perfect perfection or uh perfectionist or what I don't even know how I would phrase it that's how (laughs) ludicrous it is but if I was in that camp I how would I relate to anyone how would I be able to so I I'm very I'm this is a new development I'm going to be very honest Mm -hmm. being so vulnerable and open about my own imperfections my own struggles it is so (laughs) hard because oh my god what if I open up and not only would I lose business like might I lose business which you know like that's our livelihood but also what if people think ill of me, especially as a recovering people yeah. pleaser, which that's a whole yeah. other story, but we'll get yep. into that more, more. <laughs> but 
you know, when it comes to being a people pleaser, especially you try to always be perfect for everyone else. Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting branch of perfectionism where it's so outward focused. It's so focused on other people's thoughts and feelings and, and oh my God, there's a huge thunder that just happened. That was crazy. (laughs) But it's so focused on other people's thoughts and feelings. And here's the crazy part, their perceived feelings. Someone Mm -hmm. could look at me funny. They might just have an itch on their ear that they're not wanting to deal with, but I could see that as, oh my God, they hate me. And I feel like I need to be, exactly. And I feel like I need to go above and beyond to be perfect for that person. I see this a lot in, uh, especially new moms who um, are, are really struggling with figuring out how to balance being a human, being mm-hmm. a mom, especially being a worker, if they're going back to work part-time, full-time freelance, whatever, but balancing being in demand all the time in that way and not like leveraging your work on other people's mm-hmm. perceived expectations is hard. Yes. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I want to get into that, but does that, is that about the connection between people pleasing and perfectionism? Is, is that going to come up with one of the types? Oh when we yeah. Get into that that okay, is the perfect. third branch. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. All right. So how do, um, is there, are there people who are more prone to experiencing perfectionism? Like what is the cause of it? Oh, what a good question. A million different answers could be here. The biggest ones that I see are from, you know, there's the whole like nature versus versus nurture. I do see it a lot more in nurture. So a lot of our childhood upbringing does depend on perfectionism, uh, rearing its ugly head or not. So for, and now I'm not saying this so we can all be like, screw you, mom and dad, how dare you do that? You know, (laughs) somewhere to buck the blame. Exactly. And I, I, I really don't want to be taken out of context here. Like this is, you know we are not responsible for what happened to us growing up in whatever capacity, way, shape, or form, but we are responsible for dealing it with it in a way that will make us happier, healthier in the long term. So to go back to your question, the biggest thing that I see is when a parent, a mentor, a teacher overly praises or overly, um, puts so much weight on a certain outcome. Like for instance, I see this a lot. Uh, people who tended to do really well academically and then they'd be praised for getting A's. And if they got like a B, it would be like, well, why didn't you get an A? So it's always this idea of, okay, well, here's the bar if you don't meet it. And, you know, us as kids are one thing. I'm honestly, it still is to us as adults, we're looking neurologically, but especially when we're kids, our, our biological need to please our parents, to make them know that we are worthy because our parents were linked to survival to us. Mm. They housed us. They gave us a roof over our head. They gave us food. They gave us love. Hopefully they gave us, you know, and again, this is not an exhaustive right, Like our list basic here, needs, yeah. but our basic human needs were all provided for them. So of course we connected our survival. So when we got praise from them, their little, this little thing in our brain said, mm, if you keep doing that, you're going to keep surviving and not only keep surviving, but you're going to make them proud of you. Right. And so somewhere along the way, we just start branching that out from parents to friends, to coworkers, to bosses, to so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. it, it's again, going back to the definition of perfectionism is here's the bar. If I don't meet it, I'm not worthy. It's the same thing. Now, is that our parents in- intention growing up sometimes, unfortunately, but more often than not, hopefully not, mm-hmm. but there's still that like neurological thing in us. So for Mm -hmm. instance, as a, as a personal example, 
growing up again, very personal development, heavy family. So I get a lot of people thinking like, oh, well, it was hunky dory. It was happy all the time. And while I had a wonderful upbringing, I'm very fortunate to be very, very good friends with my parents by miles. I also still had a lot of, okay, so you achieve that goal. Cool. What's next? And it was never a full stop of, oh my God, I hope like you're proud of yourself, appreciation. Yeah. And we've had many, me, me and my parents have many a conversation about this. So we're very much on the same page now. And my mom has been amazing about being like, okay, you can rest. Like you need to stop. <laughs> like, And that was never really preached to me growing up. So I think a lot of it comes from what we were taught and how we brought that into the 21st century. Now to branch off of that, because I think that this is also important to address, society is a monster when it comes to embracing perfectionism, especially hustle culture, especially in the, you have to be everything for everyone else. If you say no to someone, you're not a kind person. Um, Oh my God. And motherhood, especially if you, um, and I, again, I haven't experienced this firsthand. This is really just through osmosis, but um, if you... If you go back to work, you're a bad mom. If you don't go back to work, you're not a, you know, womanizing human being. Like you're not into the patriarchy or you're not into the uh, feminism. (laughs) Feminism, There we go. go, That's the word. Um, (laughs) It's like, no matter what you do, you're never going to make everyone happy. And so we tend to neurologically focus on all the reasons or all the ways that we're making people angry, Mm -hmm. upset judgmental rather than all the things that we're doing right. right so society is a huge and social media of course in that same branch has a major effect on our perfectionism yeah. so to answer your question everything <laughs> like <laughs> everything <laughs> could influence it is the annoying part <laughs> so let's dig into the three types I'm super curious what what these three types are these are the three main types right like there's three lots main of types, types. yeah these are the three that I see most often in, in my community. Um, so, so often that for about a year and a half, I saw these three things keep coming up. And finally, I just like, you know, like it was such a mad scientist moment, like writing down everything. Okay. These are the things that these are the main problems. What category could this go into? So on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so I did find these three types to be the main types of perfectionism. The first is the overachiever slash high achiever. So this is the person who moves really fast. They tend to take a lot of messy action, which we normally don't associate with perfectionism, but they're always saying, what's next? What's next? What's next? I call this like a hamster. Yeah. Oh, me too, girl. (laughs) Absolutely. And I want to just go ahead and preface this. As I go through these, you might be like, well, crap, I'm all three of them or I'm two out of the three. What do I do? That's normal. It's very normal to have different areas of perfectionism in, in, in you, but it's normally in different categories of your life. So for me, I'm a high achiever in business. 10 out of 10. If it's not the best, I'm like, darn, you know, that's, it's very, it's, you know, it's hard. It's being a, being a high achiever. Cause it's so linked to my success. My, um, a lot of times our joy and our accomplishment and our pride in ourselves is associated with energetic output and being able to top ourselves over and over and over again. But here's the issue with a lot of high achievers is they tend to beat themselves up in order to get to the next level. I could have pushed harder if they go 134 out of 135% or they'll get to their end result of the goal and be like, okay, well, um, that wasn't actually what makes me happy. It's actually the next thing. And then they beeline it to that one, right? You're nodding. I'm assuming you've done this before. <laughs> Absolutely. I do totally. 
this is a really common one, especially in today's day and age, especially in business. Holy moly. I don't know a single business person who's not a high achieving perfectionist at some shape, some shape or form. Then there's the procrastinating perfectionist. And I want to just go ahead and say this. So I have a quiz, right, that um, people can take the perfectionism type and figure it out. And 56% of people out of the 3,000 plus who have taken it are procrastinators. That is interesting because I don't feel like I'm a procrastinator. (laughs) Give it it a minute. I'll tell you why. (laughs) But And you might not be. That's totally fine. But one of the things that procrastinators come back at me with is, oh my God, I hate that I'm a procrastinator. I don't, can you change the quiz result, please? <laughs> because they're fr- they're freaked out about being lazy. And I want to be extremely clear because procrastinators are not lazy right. in the slightest. In fact, they are actually sometimes harder workers than the overachievers, which I find just giddy. But They're working and they're filling their days being busy with a bunch of things that are not moving them forward in their desired outcome. So for example, if I know that uh, for my business, let's say if I'm starting a new business and I want to uh, send an email to this person who could be a potential client or a potential partnership or something like that. And I'm so overwhelmed. I'm, oh my God, I'm afraid. I don't want to get rejected. You know, what's more comfortable scrolling through Instagram, cleaning my kitchen, calling my friend. It's what's comfortable. That's what I'm going to fill my day with. Mm. But what's an issue is that you'll get to the end of the day or the end of the week or the end of the month or whatever, and be like, I feel like I did nothing today. And then you, you work you, about yourself. And then yeah. you feel bad about yourself. You beat yourself up for not being more brave, for not being a better goal getter, whatever it is. Mm. And it's all about oh my gosh, I felt like I was so busy and yet I did nothing today. So if if you're familiar with like Pareto's principle or the 80-20 rule, you are Mm -hmm. constantly living in the 80% tasks rather than leaning into the 20% tasks as a procrastinator. Then there, so actually let me, let me go back real quick. Um, when it comes to the procrastinator, the biggest, um, issue at hand here is overwhelm. The reason you're procrastinating is because that fight, flight, freeze button has been smashed in your brain to the point where you're like, oh my God, I'm under attack. I need to go do something safe, like scroll through TikTok. And that's just how our brain works. We are programmed to want to go to the safe thing. There is nothing wrong Mm -hmm. with you if you're a procrastinating perfectionist. You're human. You're a human. Your brain's doing exactly what it's programmed to do. Yay, brain. Thanks for keeping me alive, you know, but maybe sending an email isn't a saber-toothed tiger coming at you. You know what I mean? Now, last but not least, I've alluded to this many times uh, on our conversation prior to this, but the people-pleasing perfectionist. So different from the procrastinator and the high achiever, which tends to be very internally driven. I have a certain outcome that I'm wanting to produce on my own, and I'm either gunning it towards it, or I'm overwhelmed and I want to hit the fight, flight, freeze button. With with people-pleasing perfectionists, however, it's very outwardly driven. How can I be what everyone else needs me to be? So for example, I see a lot of, you know, um, they put everyone else basically on a pedestal above themselves. If I'm at work and my boss needs something from me, I will drop everything to be what my boss needs from me, even if that means I'm working longer, even if that means I'm burning out, but I won't complain because I don't want to be a burden. You know what I mean? It's always, what do I need to do to be whatever they need from me? And I will go above and beyond even that 
so that they can look at me and be like, oh, what a good worker. What a like their good needs mom are their above needs. your own. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's always what I think their needs are. Sometimes they'll say them like, Hey, I need you to babysit for me tonight. And Oh my God, I'm so tired. I can't even imagine doing that. I'm so, I, I don't even know what time, what time should I be exa- there? <laughs> exactly, what, exactly, exactly, exactly. And this one is hard. This one is really hard because it's so default ingrained in us to just immediately be what everyone else needs us to be. So I'll get into what it means to overcome each of these negative sides of these types, because there are really good positives. The people pleaser. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Ani. In this day and age, I'm, I'm, I'm very involved in social media right now. And um, I, I think that the world needs a lot more people pleasers in its life. Not the neck, not the negative side of people pleasers where I'm going to stretch myself thin to be what everyone else needs me to be, right. but to care deeply about another human being's well-being mm-hmm. and wanting to make them feel good. My yeah. God, I think we need more of that right now. So I really want to be clear that when it comes to people pleasers, overcoming people pleasing is not flipping people's the bird and That's saying, not the goal. It's, it's not the goal. It's <laughs> to lean into the positive sides of people pleasing, yeah. which is I deeply care for other people. My God, what a better gift. I can't even imagine a better gift right now. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I just wanted to make that very clear because people pleasers can be shockingly very hard on themselves, right, very right, hard. Right. So I noticed like, even with all three of these, like it's the whole idea of tying your worth to that versus like doing it in itself. Isn't necessarily not going to like not serve you. It's just when you tie your worth to it, that's when it comes that's when it is actually defined as like the perfectionism. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So like, for instance, if I'm a people pleaser, or excuse me, if I'm a, if I'm a procrastinator and I have this super high expectation on myself to mm-hmm. um, throw the best, oh my God, my sister just went through this. Actually, she has two kids. One of them just turned one and the, the younger one just turned one and she wanted the most perfect princess party for this little girl. She is a princess in my eyes. I, this, my niece and my nephew have my entire heart. And in doing so, she wanted, you know, streamers and everything pink and these perfect smash cake and like all of this stuff. And in, but however, what she noticed is that her expectations were so high that she ended up overwhelming herself. And then she put everything off until the last minute. She was saying, well, like the cake didn't turn out how I wanted it to this didn't. And I I had to like pause and like, look at her and just be like, Hey, perfectionism. And she was like, she, she said an explicitive that I won't say on this podcast, but she definitely (laughs) paused and she was like, okay, yeah, you're right. So perfectionism isn't about like going in the total opposite direction. Again, that's black and white thinking. We're trying to avoid Mm -hmm. that here. It's instead saying, oop perfectionist. I know this, that's my perfectionist brain. That's not really helpful. I'm choosing something else instead. That's the goal when it comes to overcoming perfectionism. Kind of went on a side tangent there. So give us some ideas of how to overcome these patterns. So I'll I'll go in reverse order. So with the people pleaser, the, the good news is that whoever's listening, who's like, Oh God, I'm totally a people pleaser. You're doing it already. You're listening, you're absorbing tools that are going to make you start thinking in a new way. Here's what I mean by that. When our default pattern is so ingrained in us to put other people on a pedestal, it normally means that we have a severe lack of trust within ourselves, our own voice, our own opinions, our own schedules, 
continue on. So when it comes to leaning into the the positive ends of the people pleaser, it all is about how can I gain that trust back to myself? It's not about putting yourself on this massive pedestal now above everyone else because that freaks a lot of people pleasers out. They're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be overly confident and seem like a jerk. No, it's about equaling the playing field. So we do that by starting to absorb tools that get us thinking in a new way listening to podcasts. They're totally free. They're amazing. They get you thinking in a new way. My personal favorite is therapy or coaching. I have done a lot of both. I recently started with a therapist actually earlier this year, changed my life, changed yeah. my freaking life. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up my, I, I will, I will white knuckle this woman. I love her so much. She's amazing. <laughs> so Working with someone directly where you're able to challenge those thoughts and those patterns within your head, full stop, in my opinion, is the best way. If that is not in your wheelhouse financially right now, I totally understand. Library books, podcasts, like I mentioned, audiobooks, most of those you can get for very low cost and or free. So really just start absorbing tools that get you thinking in a new way, which will then have you challenging that, oh, I don't trust myself to, oh, I actually can trust myself in my own voice in this room. When it comes to the procrastinator, it's all about addressing overwhelm. So for instance, um, the reason overwhelm happens in our brain is because it just goes overload and overdrive. And our brain links overwhelm and overdrive to, I am under attack and I am no longer safe and I need to you know, grasp onto anything that makes us feel safe. So instead, it's about chunking things down. So for example, if we'll use my sister in this party, for example, she was trying to jump straight to the end result. So let's say, you know, end result, having the perfect princess party is level 100. Mm -hmm. She's over here at level zero to make this easy math. She was trying to drop in at level 100. Mm -mm. It's about doing steps one through 99 and not all at once. Right. See you procrastinators. They tend to really try to speed <laughs> this process up. No, it's about saying, okay, that's the direction I'm heading. What's step one. So if you're wanting to start a business and you feel like you need to have email marketing, a website, your first five clients, your first 10K, you need to, and there's all this pressure and stress to drop in at that level 100. Mm -mm. What's step one? Get one plane. Get one plane. Wow. <laughs> Get one paying client. If that's step one, that's way simpler than trying to do your website, your email marketing, your social media, all at once. That's no one can do that. Right. Instead, it's about building those blocks, getting to level 100. So if you are a procrastinator and you're trying to jump to level 100, all I want, and by the way, level 100 sometimes can be writing an email. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. Writing email is just terrifying to me. I don't know what it is about it. It overwhelms <laughs> the daylights out of me. But when it comes to email, I tend to be a big procrastinator. So sometimes I say, okay, like for, this is a real time example. Um, I just recently started a second podcast with my sister and we're very fortunate to have gone mega viral and to the point. What's your, now, what's your second podcast about? It's called fantasy fangirls. It's about, um, fantasy books and deep diving into okay, the lore and okay. the characters and all that kind of stuff. And it's so, so different from anything else I do. Yeah. It's supposed <laughs> to be a hobby and now it's a second business. And I'm like, what happened? But I don't know how to hobby very well. Apparently that's what I've learned from this experience. <laughs> but one of the things that in this huge community popping out literally out of nowhere 
is we're getting bombarded with emails and comments and DMs. And I feel so fortunate, but it also makes me break out in hives. <laughs> so I'm having to, instead of saying, okay, like, you know, I have 50 inbox inbox emails right now that are all fans reaching out, wanting me to respond. Okay. Let me do three emails. Mm-hmm. That's way easier for me to sit down and do than try to tackle 50 at once. That would be impossible. I would cry in a hole if that yeah. were to happen. Yeah. So again, chunking things down when it comes to for um, procrastinators, it's all about just chunking things down to diminish that overwhelm, which then takes away the feeling that we need to procrastinate in the first place. Right. Last but not <laughs> least, that high achiever. This I'm all ears on this one. I know. I was, say, I was like, perk up, girl. Uh, this is always the one that a lot of people don't want to hear because it feels really hard for high achievers. But that is, it's all about learning how to give yourself a effing break. So, mm-hmm. for example, I used to think that when it came to being a high achiever, it was all about slowing down and learning how to slow down. High achievers would rather jump off. Yeah, I was like that. Is slow down. Absolutely that is no way. And one of the things I realized is that it's not about slowing down. No, it's about stopping the beat up in order to get to the next level. Yeah. It's about self-compassion. If we're being really mm-hmm. super honest, it's about looking at where I am in my high achieving journey and saying, wow, I'm so proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Now, what I hear a lot from people though, is if I, if I, you know, stop, if I get grateful, if I, you know, God forbid, feel proud of myself for a second, I'm going to lose my drive. I'm going to feel complacent. I'm going to lose my need to push myself to the next level. Right. Nope. The opposite could not be more true. Mm -hmm. Instead, you stop draining your energy by beating yourself up half the time, more than half the time, if we're being honest. And instead you're fueled by pride, motivation, compassion, joy. You turn your worst critic into your biggest cheerleader and you'll get a lot further. And that is way easier said than done. Like I've mentioned, this is something I'm actually working through in real time with my therapist. It's something I'm actively doing every single day. But when it comes to the practice of this, it's just about catching yourself when you're beating yourself into oblivion Mm -hmm. and instead saying, okay, I'm actually really proud of what I did accomplish today. This Mm -hmm. is actually a great exercise that I really recommend high achievers do because they tend to always look at what they didn't do that day rather than what they did. It's your focus. It's your focus. So at night, what I would have people do is they have like a little teeny tiny journal next to their bed, nothing crazy. And write down three to five things you did do that day. And minimum two of those things have to be minuscule tiny. Mm -hmm. And this makes people freak out, right? Because they're like, no, it has to be the big things, the big accomplishments that I did. But what we do when we only write down the big stuff and only give ourselves credit for the big stuff is we ingrain this belief that unless I push myself to the absolute brink, unless I am everything and the best in the room, I'm not enough. But what we want to do is ingrain that even the small things are stepping stones towards the bigger goal. Mm -hmm. And those deserve just as much credit, if not even more sometimes than the big stuff. So that's number one is do that, do that exercise. Another one that I have people do is just celebrate yourself. Mm -hmm. This freaks a lot of people out too. So whatever, this actually is a conversation I'm having in real time with like three to three of my clients right now, they all just kicked absolute butt in something. Mm -hmm. They all just got out of their comfort zone. They achieved a goal. It's amazing what they've done. And I ask every single one of my clients when something like this happens, how are you celebrating? And they're like, 
oh God, I don't know. I haven't even thought about it. <laughs> like they freak out. And so I immediately say back to them, I hear you. How do you want to celebrate? And they'll say something along the lines of, oh, you know, well, I'm going grocery shopping today. So maybe I'll pick myself up a nice coffee. I see you shaking your head. And that's exactly my reaction. No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> this is not an errand. This is not a to-do list item. This is a moment for you to get present because high achievers tend to always mm -hmm. live in the future. Yes. Get present and feel proud. And they're kind of like, what? Yeah. And so we do an exercise. It's very similar to just basically getting themselves quiet, closing their eyes, putting a hand on their heart and just feeling pride in themselves and how far they've come and staying in that present yeah. moment. Yeah. Acknowledging. And yeah. Exactly. And they're in tears by the end of it. Just like, oh my God, I don't think I've done that in a long time. So that's another really big way of showing ourselves compassion, mm -hmm. high achievers. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So any final advice that you can give the listeners about dealing with perfectionism? Notice when you're pushing yourself to meet that 135%. By the way, that's such an arbitrary number. Sometimes it's 197%. Sometimes it's 100% even. So just keep in mind that. But notice when you're pushing yourself and when you don't meet that, just take note. How do I feel? What am I tying this quote unquote success to mean to me? And just get curious. That's really what I would encourage anyone to do right now is just get curious when it comes to perfectionism. Yeah, love that. Today's episode is sponsored by the Supermom Detox, an incredible coaching program designed to help moms take off their supermom cape and feel comfortable in their own skin. Have you felt like you've lost yourself since becoming a mom because you got caught up in the idea that you have to take care of everyone and everything else and sacrifice who you are to be the kind of mom you want to be? The Supermom Detox will guide you in rediscovering who you are and getting yourself off the back burner and onto solid ground. This amazing program will teach you how to let go of perfectionism, people-pleasing, unrealistic expectations, unhealthy boundaries, and negative thought patterns that are keeping you stuck. Motherhood can be so much more enjoyable when you learn to take care of yourself the way you deserve. Stop feeling guilty or bad about making time for yourself. You are so worthy of taking up space. Find out more about the Supermoms Detox by clicking the link in today's show notes and signing up for a call with me. If nothing else, you'll get clear on what's keeping you on the back burner. Love that. So Nicole, what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? <laughs> I used to read for fun and now it's, it's part of my job, but it's still very fun <laughs> to me. But, um, I, I do read, I love reading, uh, specifically fantasy books, shocker, but, yeah. um, I am actually in the process of reading a totally new series right now that I am just engulfed in and I love it, but I, I'm a very big audio listener. Um, okay. I, I've never been tested, but I'm 95% sure I have dyslexia. So reading's kind of hard for me. So what I do is I have a coloring book on my iPad and I just color as I listen to things and I sit out on my porch and it's just, that is like sheer joy to me. Mm, that does sound like, <laughs> like that sounds so relaxing. It is. <laughs> and I never would have done it until this past year. I just started doing it. And my whole, I, Ani, my life changed. Entirely. Yeah. Like, I, oh, wow. Did I become a different person when I started just like 
being so at peace in just yeah. the most mundane things. And it was delightful. Yeah. Cause usually like if I listen to an audiobook, it's usually when I'm like either walking or driving, like some kind of activity, like that kind of requires split attention. But I feel like just sitting there, like just in like immersed in just the flow. Yes. It'd be really, really relaxing. It's wonderful. <laughs> I strongly recommend trying it out sometime if you yeah. haven't. It's it's yeah. pretty delightful. Now, obviously, I have the luxury of not having like I, I have I have a husband, but I don't have any kids or anything like that. Newly so. married, as you said. I, I am the newly married. Yes, I am. <laughs> so that's another thing that's fun is hanging out and going on dates with my husband. And I love saying mm. word husband. It's very fun. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so I do have the luxury of of not having, you know, a toddler running in and demanding my attention at any given moment. So I do want to make that very clear that I I do not take that for granted. But um, that, that is something that I've recommended to my sister and actually it kicked off her loving these books too. And now we have a yeah. podcast about it. So nice. here we are. <laughs> so speaking of books, do you have a book that you can recommend? Um, you know, normally I used to be all about like recommending a personal development book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay if I recommend one for fun and one personal development. Absolutely. Go for Amazing. it. Yeah. There's no rules here. Oh, I love it. I love no <laughs> rules. It's amazing. When it comes to a book in learning how to step into your power, for lack of a better term, I love the book Limitless by Jim Quick. Um, I'm a big productivity neuroscience nerd, and he's like a neural brainwave coach, and I find that fascinating. But it's a really digestive book. It's not very like and then mitochondria blah, blah, blah. it's very yeah. easy spoken it's very in like modern language but um there's a lot of tools that i learned from that book that i've actually adapted into my own life and my productivity changed night and day like oh. i became such a much more productive person but i didn't work longer i just worked smarter and right. then i suddenly had all this time where i was able to read read your fantasy fantasy books books. exactly I I just it it was it was a huge changer for me and the way that I run my business and the way that I run my honestly life I don't run to do I don't do to do loose anymore and a huge part of that is because of that book so I highly recommend Limitless by Jim Quick and it's spelled K-I I'm looking at it right now K-W-I-K yep that's Um, how I wrote it I must have seen his name before he's he's really popular he's amazing He's, he's a brilliant man um, when it comes to a fun book, I love, and this is the book we're covering right now on the podcast, uh, is called Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. It mm. is addictive. I don't know how else to call it. It's so good, but um, it's very like Harry Potter, like the school elements of Harry Potter meets the politics of game of thrones and the dragon culture of how to train your dragon like it's just this weird conglomeration (laughs) of all these things and it's wonderful it's funny and it it kicked off a whole new thing in my life so it's obviously a very near and dear book to me but if you like fantasy or if you're even just interested it's a really good gateway into fantasy book because it's not it's not like lord of the rings where it's a super high barrier to entry it's very digestible um, but that's a great book also. Nice. Nice. So where can listeners find you, Nicole? I am at life coach Baker on all the social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok. I'm not very active on my Instagram or excuse me, on my TikTok for life coach Baker, but Instagram's where it's at. Um, I do have a podcast called imperfect success. So if you like this perfectionism talk, I'm very, um, you know, every week we do neuroscience again, very digestible. Apparently that's my word of the day, but, um, <laughs> that they're, they're very neuroscientific backed episodes about things that you can do right now to make yourself feel more productive, more aligned with your goals from a perfectionist in the grave 
from a personal development standpoint. Um, I also have my second podcast, Fantasy Fangirls. If you have read Fourth Wing, we're doing a deep, deep, deep dive, like 12 episode deep dive into this one book. It's crazy. (laughs) Um, And that's growing wildly fast. It's, it's becoming such a huge community that I never even expected. So um, those are the areas you can find me. And if you want to take the quiz, also, I should have mentioned this earlier, uh, you can go to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz to take that. Great. I will have all of your information, including the link to take that quiz in the show notes of today's episode. So Nicole, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you just giving me this opportunity to talk (laughs) about this. It was really, really. Hey mom, short on time, but feeling like you're at the end of your rope or that your bucket is nearing empty. Grab this list of 15 self-care practices that you can do in under 15 minutes. These ideas will get you quickly back on track and are great for moms who are limited on time. I think that's most of us. So check out the show notes or go to momswithoutcapes.com backslash self-care-ideas to download your list today. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Capes podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.